teasers that it's very much a tease and it's not opening up into big montage nearly as much main trailers it's kind of the structure i said before it's usually first half is building second half is as loud as it gets and then louder and then tv spots i would say (laughs) tv spots usually don't really have an introduction so it's like more drums more cuts more as loud as you can get Typically that that second climax, the you know, everything as loud as it can, that's often what will get chopped out and used in a TV spot. So it's just, you know, it's the, the campaign is over. We have yeah. 15 seconds on Facebook to lock someone in. So it's just like, you know, like everything they can do. Yeah. Gosh, wow. Well, that's awesome. And and uh, gosh, we've covered so much. Um, Great. Uh, Great gold nuggets and gems. Gosh, thank you so much. So I do have, if anybody has any questions uh, they want to type up in the in the chat, we do have one from uh, um, a little man. Um, uh, I don't know if you want me to read them out to you or I'll read them out and then to the replay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can hear so so um, uh, did I hear you say that you retain ownership of your trailer music? How does that work when you're using somebody yes, else's so, music? And that is something that is unique as well is, there are no royalties from trailers. That is part of their license that they own all royalties. They just want clean lines. So again, that that props up the buyout fee. So I retain the rights to my music, meaning I can license that again to another movie, which happens fairly fairly regularly. But there are no royalties. So there's 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 no back end payout on things. Yeah. That's great. That's really good. So what about licensing? Um, uh, so how, is it, how does it work? And I might kind of piggybacking off this question. So the journey. Okay. So I'd imagine that uh, journey, they, they have a, they have a paycheck written out to them. That's different to yours. And I'm, and I'm imagining it would be a separate, separate thing. You still get your 30, 40, 50, whatever that is. Um, they get like two or 3 million. <laughs> Okay, that's and, awesome. and they retain all royalties. They they do make royalties out of things, but right. uh, that's you know, sadly, sadly the deal is slightly different for myself and for the for the artists that are licensing yeah. it. Um yeah. and I think I I think that is because so much of the so much of the draw to the show is nostalgia and you know yeah. as as good as trailer music might be, it will never have the pull that you know a hit from 40 years ago has. Oh yeah, it, yeah. You've got forty years. You know, it had its heyday, but then it's also it trickled through throughout the generations. You know, it's still yeah, going. Yeah. So that's really cool. So there's a couple other questions here. Uh, Chuck's got a good one. Is there a peak uh, lofts level that you try to aim for? This is this is a funny one. I really got into the weeds on this. Um, I think you, you know, may you can disagree with me. But we always see this standardized negative 14 luffs being touted all over the internet as the, the standard mastering level for things. I don't really know any commercial pop music or trailer music or anything that is being mastered in negative 14 luffs. 
it that's pretty quiet. I, I've tested my music that at that volume. So um I you know, I think trailer music is a little unique in that it's loud. And often they kind of want the clipping as part of the sound of it because it helps that over the top volume. So it's kind of finding that sweet spot with each one of like right up to the ceiling of almost ripping through. And I, I think this is an interesting part of it too. When I'm initially pitching, I'm pitching just, you know, a stereo master. But in that, that I, you know, I'm slamming against the wall. It's like as loud as I can get it. But when the trailer goes to be finished, they're working off, I, I will send full splits of all the instruments separate with mastering turned down. And so then what actually ends up in the trailer has much more dynamics and much more, you, you know, uh, music to it. But it, I would say if you're, especially if you're just starting to pitch trailer music, say go loud, <laughs> make it as <laughs> loud as you can. That's it, what they all want. And like, sometimes they'll get mixes back from editors and they've taken my already too loud mix and turned it up even more. And it's wow. just ripping at the seams, but yeah. it, it creates a visceral reaction. And sometimes that's what it takes to sell it. It does. Yeah. If the, uh, the baddie or the villain is, is doing something very aggressive or, or angry, or, you know, you want the music to be angry. You want everything to be yeah, harsh. You want to and- feel it. <laughs> you, you feel overwhelmed by it. It's too loud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's good. So uh, Bubba does have a great, good question here. Um, how did you get the low end on um, open hire? It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, that was a good one. I mean, that so that was, again, working with with Trailer Park, the same same crew as um, Stranger Things. I'm very thankful to work with them. They're, they're just so talented. Um, I cannot take full credit for the low end because that is out of my hands at some point. But I would say it is fairly typical in all of this music to have just like a pure sine tone sub under everything, you know? And so there, there is just kind of this sub channel that's, you know, that theater rumbling low end that I give to them as a stem and then they can balance as they, as they see fit. And there are also all like the, you know, the sub booms that impact key title cards and whatever. And those are given to them as well. So it's, it's a lot of low end. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I'm piggybacking on that kind of question as well. Um, so you do your mixes like, like a mix engineer, you're, you've got the production, you've, you know, it's all your production in the mix. So I'm guessing that you, you do send it off to them or you just send it to the show and they get it mastered to the show, uh, to the, uh, yeah. to the film. And- so it's, it's pretty much entirely mastered by me until it gets into it, until it's finished. You know, like the very last step of the trailers that they'll actually send it out to a mix house. And I would say it's occasionally they will just use my music as as I've done it. It's my mix. And then occasionally they will, you know, need to need to balance things a bit better. And yeah, Oppenheimer's a good example of that where there's a lot of low end in like the the sound design. And so they have to have control to carve out carve out space. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And uh, Katrina's got a good question here. What parts of your composition education have have helped you in the real world? Yeah, um, it, that's it's a good question because I my education was much more in traditional composition, classical composition, and uh, the the course that I was in wasn't wasn't movie focused. I think that just by nature of 
a lot of us being interested in movies, we we did do some film scoring and and learned that. But I think that it, it's come into play having kind of a a solid base of knowledge of chord progressions and and different styles of music and having a classical background, even though I'm kind of stripping it back to its bare bones and I'm not, trailer music does not really call for really intricate, like inner voices and crazy composition techniques. Um, I think that still having the, the knowledge of what chord progressions work in certain styles of, of movies, you know, like what are your classic fantasy chord progressions? What are your classic action movie progressions and being able to have those in the back pocket and kind of uh, test a few and see what is locking in with a certain film. Yeah. It, it, I do wish that I learned more of production, music production, like using logic and pro tools. Cause that's if not more than 50% of the game is just being good at production. Um, but I think that it, it is a balance of, you know, having, having music knowledge, but then, having technical knowledge as well. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And um, and another question here I've got, which is I'm kind of jumping through a few questions because uh, people yeah. are loving you. People are totally loving it today. And they're, uh, right. uh, yeah. So uh, AI, I know this is a whole can of worms and a whole bunch of stuff. And there's many different aspects to AI, but uh, is AI helping you at all really with the, uh, some of your I stuff? I use AI every single day. So, that that Stranger Things trailer would not have been possible without AI. And I, I should be clear about what kind of AI I'm using. You know, I just type it in, I say trailer music in it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it came it, out with the with the trailer. And it came out and it, it sounds great. And I just send it out. No, uh, the AI that I use, again, almost every single day is uh, using stem extraction AI, which is really, really cool. And because I'm working with so many songs that are old, separate ways by journey, the stems don't exist. The original master tapes are in a cave somewhere on the East Coast. We do not have access to them. Even Steve didn't have them. So that's a classic case of where I used, uh, my, my favorite one is called lol lol. Here, I'll type it, lol lol dot, lol lol dot, oh, don't autocorrect me, <laughs> dot AI. It doesn't want to, there you go. And it is yeah. a, a super cool tool that they're constantly developing and you can drop in just a full song and pull parts out of it. So you can pull drums out of it, you can pull vocals out of it. And I am using that every single day to create the middle sections where it's not the song in full mix. They just want some drums or they just want that lead yeah. guitar or something. And that has been a vital tool for making, making what I do possible. Wow. Um, it is honestly pretty rare that we are given full stems. And so it's uh, kind of a matter of extracting what we can and then hopefully it sounds good. <laughs> and, and and that's a great proof. Like there's a lot of people that are kind of scared of AI, but that's a, that's a classic example or an excellent example of how it can be used and there's many different facets to the ai it's not it's not all just printing one oh i'm an artist now <laughs> print you know yeah. but one of the things that you said was just absolutely amazing that that you you have and i just want to clarify it to people you have the license to use the journey song so you have the license to pull all that apart 
and then use yeah. it. You can't just pull apart someone's song and, and people use it. No, yeah, don't don't go stealing from people and yeah, don't do that. But as far yeah. as a, it is a tool, it doesn't really give me anything that's done. But as far as a tool, it is it is very cool. And it's even interesting to see. I feel like when I when I did Stranger Things about a year ago, just over a year ago, um, it felt like a secret trick. Man, I feel like everyone I sent music to, they're like, how did you And it is now fully standard in the trailer world. We are receiving AI extracted layers from the studios. Like they they have the tools themselves now. So it is very much a standard workflow within trailers now to be using AI extracted stems when real ones don't exist. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And gosh, I know we're kind of wrapping up here, um, but gosh, thank you so much, Bryce. You're you're a leader in the industry. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And a lot, I personally love your work. And I know many people here are just uh, really excited and hope, hope you get more, all the next next big blockbusters. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's really been a pleasure talking about it. it it's so funny. I'm, uh, I'm fairly isolated. Everything I do is pretty done remotely. And um, it's, it's really fun to talk about it because I, I don't get to very often. So um, yeah, yeah thank, thanks for the good questions. And um hopefully hopefully people learn some stuff oh i know people did um absolutely well well gosh thank you again uh everyone's loving on you in the chat here everyone's saying thank you and uh um very very cool and so we got some quick questions i can bounce through go for it. if you want some really short ones uh are you using analog synths i do on occasion for stranger things th those are analog synths i'm using the the chord prologue is a cool synth but I would say across the board, as far as advice goes, don't use analog synths because things change on an hourly basis. And if things are committed to audio from an analog synth, you can't change it. So I would say as much as you can work using software, um, as much fun as synths are. Uh, go to percussion library. Um, I use a lot of them. I would recommend a, a company called AVA. And then they have another side of their company called ESE, and they have really cool sound effect libraries. I use their hits and drums all the time. Um, let's see, I saw one more. I work in Logic. Uh, I'm anti-Pro Tools. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's good. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. All right. Well, well gosh, thank you again. Um, absolutely. Uh, it was amazing. And um Everybody look out, uh, Bryce is coming to your Zoom here in um, in November 7th, 8th and 9th. And I'm really excited to uh, to uh, to be with you that and and chat and get more nuggets and get some more wisdom. Out awesome. of you. <laughs> so, I look forward um, to it as well. That'd be great. Well, thanks again. Thank you again so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Rise up, yeah. Oh, we're gonna rise.